welcome to the Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. It is the Louis Bellina Show, the Thursday edition of meetings. It's the final day of the week we get to hang out together. Because, you know, Fridays, June and July, uh-uh, it's not happening. Fridays, I'm not here. Tomorrow, Friday, Nick Savage of Texags, Nick's Nick Savage, who is the voice of the Brass Valley Bombers, Nick will take care of things from 11 to 1 o'clock, but... Man, we really, we, we jumped a whole day ahead. We, we time traveled. Today, between now and 2 o'clock, at 12.05, Bryce Jones, we go in the pit. Bryce Jones is a barbecue pit master for the Smoke and Aces competition team. Bryce Jones, noon. This is the summer edition of the Louis Bellina Show. It's noon each Thursday. In the pit is brought to you by Dixie Tire Company. You can give them a call at 775 775- Tire. And no, I'm not making it up. It's T-I-R-E, 775-TIRE. Bryce and I are going to talk a little bit of recruiting today and a whole lot of Astros. We're both Astros fans. Coming up today, Thursday, 105, Olin Buchanan of the Texags Universe will join me inside the Charles Schwab studio. Olin and I, I think the best way to describe it is we talk because... We kind of talk about anything, everything. Sure, we, we get to the maroon and white world. That's for definite sure. And Olin and I, we could talk about whatever pops up. And in the summer, there's not a lot of high-priority things going on. There's not a whole lot of life or death. Olin Buchanan, 105, inside the Charles Schwab studio. Now, I have decided, since this is the last day of the week together, I have decided, and next week's a holiday, everybody's schedule is going to be nuts, that we should go out with kind of a bang, go out with a style. I'm going to give away a Moody Gardens family four-pack. A family four-pack gets you, and obviously it's four people, into the Rainforest Pyramid, the Aquarium Pyramid, the uh, Colonial Paddle Wheeler, four people, the 5K, 4K Audience Recognition Theater, the Discovery Museum. Oh, you can go see the dinos. You can make your way to Palm Beach. You can go to the ropes course, the zip line. It's all for four. This is like a $500, $600 value. You know, on the Louis Bellina show, I don't make you jump through hoops when I give away anything. I just say audience participation is rewarded. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Louis Bellina shows hard-hitting journalism at its finest, right? So... Text message, question of the day. July 4th, right around the corner. For some people, it's time to dust off the grill. For others, it's, it's time to show off the grill. And for others, it's time to attempt to grill. I'm the attempt to grill type. I've shared before that I absolutely stink at grilling. I don't do raw food. I do food that you can't recognize. I can cook. I can't grill. There's a difference. I can cook very well. I can't grill. It's a tragedy. There's two things in life I regret. Okay, there's about 50, but there's two things I'll share with you right now that I regret. One, I can't grill. And it's a skill I wish I had. And two, I can't play the guitar. Two things in life I regret. So, if you would like to win the Moody Gardens Family 4-Pack, our text message question, and if you text away, you're registered. That's it. There's no right or wrong. July 4th, Hamburger or hot dog? You make the call. 
What do you have to have off the grill? Hamburger or hot dog, which is a July 4th must? You can text 979-693-1150. You recognize that as the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. When you hit send, that's where I'll see your responses. Yes, no, yes, no. Hot dog hamburger. And when you text, sure, you can text any guest like Bryce or Olin. You can text your questions, comments, or opinions. Aggie football, Aggie basketball, Aggie baseball. You, wine, whiskey, beer, TV, movie, streaming, whatever works. 979-693-1150. And our text message question of the day with a Moody Gardens family four-pack on the line. Hamburger, hot dog, July 4th grilling. What do you got to have? 979-693-1150. We'll open our day very simplistically. Do you realize, do you know, do you feel we're 59 days away from the college football season beginning? It wasn't that long ago. It was January, and we were eight months away, and you could feel the pain. It haunted you. It chased you. I know this because that's how I felt. When we get done with the college football championship game and we are eight months away from the next game, it's dark. Spring football holds some people over. I'm not one of them. Spring football for me is, I, I would say, frustrating more than anything else. What, two-thirds of the team's not even there? None of the incoming freshmen? Any player that's even, my, my left pinky hurts. He's out for spring. We're not going to play him. He's got a pinky injury. Rightfully so, by the way. That's not actually a criticism, but that's the reality. You watch a spring game and you got squadsmen you didn't even know were on the squads and you'll never know is on the squads playing, starting even. So, yeah. But then when you could say 59 days. You know 59 days is less than two months? We're less than two months away from the start of the college football season. Who's with me in just getting a jolt out of the realization of how close we are? SEC media days are three weeks. And SEC Media Days, that's the signpost. The official start of the next season, according to the Louis Bellina show and no one else maybe, but still, is SEC Media Days. We're still in off-season. We're still almost in the last season, but phraseology, we're still in off-season until SEC Media Days. Kicks off the next season. We're three weeks away and 59 days away from the first football games. And you know, that week zero, we tend to get one game you, that is a game. Two teams, real teams, match up, and the rest are mutt fest, but who cares? It's, it's the first games in eight months, and with enough beer, they're great. Who's with me? 59 days. Yes, please. By the way, I'm not sure if, how much you keep track, NCAA future, TV, how we want to go. There's a lot of concept towards the future of college football, and a 14-week schedule with 12 games and two bye weeks. And the whole key to making it work, and there's the question that's being tackled and pondered, is can they start the college football season a week early? That's how they'd get two buys and 12 games, 14 weeks. The two buys would make for a better season. Players could be more rested. You could actually do more practice in season to make adjustments, help you deal with injuries better. Uh, two buys would be brilliant. But TV's debating, you know, has debated. Does it work if you start a week earlier? Schools are like, hey, our students aren't back. I'm a believer that if Texas A&M 
played Tarleton State University of the Mimes in a week earlier game, a week before school starts, it would be sold out as the first game of the year. I don't care who Texas A&M would play in their first game of the year, and I don't care if it's mid-August, too. That is a sellout. The first game against anyone, Kyle Field, home of almost any season, is going to be sold out. I'm a believer in that. And I do think sold out plus standing room, just to tell you my belief system. I do understand that there are certain schools, universities, that that would be an actual debate. But that sounds like a them problem. Uh, A lot of times I feel like in college football, rulemaking, and it's part of the problems with Division I where you have more have-nots than haves, but yet every vote is equal. And the have-nots try and hold back the haves, and that's why like the SEC wants to break away from everyone else and start their own 20-team league and not care anymore. It's true because of the have-nots. And this is another one of those. Tell me college football shouldn't start. Forget week zero. It should be week one, and that's when the season starts. And we can have a four. Oh, we don't want 14 weeks of college football. Something nobody ever said. 12 games, two buys, start a week earlier. Doesn't change championship weekend. We keep Thanksgiving as rivalry weekend. In the expanded fourteen uh, expanded 12-team college football playoff, we kind of need to keep that timeline now. We can't go deeper into December, right? Just wanted to throw that out there. I'm sorry. I get fired up even thinking 59 days out. You know, Steve and Irwin, well, Steve in Indiana. I got a lot of Steves that listen. And yes, we have Indiana and Irwin and hey, the Louis Bellina Show is international. We had a guy listening to us out in the Philippines for a long time. But Steve in Indiana said, Lou, I feel you, brother. He capitalized that. I wonder if he was going for Hulk Hogan at that moment. Lou, I feel you, brother. I have the countdown on my phone, and I'm pumped. Three exclamation marks. He means it. For July 4th, <laughs> you have to have Chicago, okay, Chicago-style hot dogs. Go Astros. Now, Steve, you know I'm a Cubs fan. You're attacking me at my weak point. You know a Chicago-style hot dog. You're speaking my world. Nobody can make a Chicago-style hot dog almost outside of Chicago. There was a place here in town that did authentic Chicago-style hot dogs. Uh, Big Jim did them, and it was a pizza place. I know, sounds ridiculous, but his side stuff was phenomenal. He actually flew in all the actual authentic, because to be a Chicago-style hot dog, it is very exact. No. There's no substitutions allowed. And he flew in what he couldn't get, brought in state, and made authentic Chicago-style hot dogs. Tear in my left eye just remembering it right now. So if you're going to bring me an authentic Chicago-style hot dogs, how many people remember at the old Astrodome, and I believe, but I would not swear on a Bible, at Minute Maid Park, they used to do... Whoever the visiting team was, they would do a signature food of that city or their ballpark. And whenever the Cubs were in, they used to do Chicago-style dogs. Those weren't even authentic. And it's like that was supposed to be their special feature, and they didn't even do it right. Yeah, I love me a Chicago-style hot dog. Thank you, Steve in Indiana. When we return, up next... Uh, we got the maroon and white notebook. We got some college football news and notes to talk about, plus definitely more of your text messages. This is the Louis Bolina Show. We're just getting started. This is the Louis Bolina Show from inside the Charles Schwab studio. I'm a road that drives away from- 
Yeah, I know. It's the Louis Bellina Show. That was the Foo Fighters. We're all here to hang out. July 4th is just around the corner. You know, a little bit later on, we're go- we are going to talk holiday travel. We're going to talk holidays, and uh, I'm not making this up. We're going to talk holidays in Yellowstone. Trust me. Just trust me. This is the Louis Bellina Show, presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. We've got a Moody Gardens family four-pack I say at stake. There's no stakes. Somebody's going to win it. You just text me. Answer our text message question of the day. July 4th grill. Hot dog or hamburger? Which is the must? Which is the need? You can only have one you choose. Hot dog or hamburger? Now, I understand a Bryce Jones kind of grill. He's going to be like, well, we're going to take a brisket or pork butt. And No, 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 no. This is human grills. This is the average Joe, as opposed to average Joe Jim, this is average Joe Grill. Hot dog, hamburger, choose one. You can only have one. I know in the real world we get 10 of each, but you can only choose one. Are you the hot dog or the hamburger, dude? 979-693-1150. Light up the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile One Lube Express owned by... Gabriel Garcia. Bobby sent me a text message. Welcome to public education where the have-nots hold back those that want to work. Damn, Bobby. That's good. Full political type statements there. 979-693-1150. Freedom of press. I don't know if that applies. Freedom of America, that does apply. Bobby. Public education problem, have-nots holding back the haves. According to Bobby, you can text about anything. It was fun for me this morning. I was hanging out, got on the computer, kind of checking out what's going on in the day. And there was a list breaking down each SEC team's offseason. And I'm like, all right, Aggie football, Bobby Petrino. No, it was Aggie basketball, actually. And Aggie basketball, taking a look at that breakdown, where I got to see what every other basketball team went through and what they're bringing back and what they lost and all, it adds such a deeper kind of understanding of Aggie basketball. We know they're returning. Think about it again. Six of their top seven players. The the sixth and seventh man and four starters. That's six of their top seven. I think any team just about, okay, if you went 0-30 last year, you probably wouldn't care about returning six or seven. But any other... NCAA tournament team that would return six of their top seven would take that situation. Any other NCAA team, right? And then you look at the struggles and you look at what everybody else is going through in the SEC. And you know, Arkansas lost four players to the NBA draft, two first round picks and two second round picks. And just seeing it laid out for you. But again, perspective is knowing what everybody else is doing too and not just you. And I feel so much happier inside about A&M's situation. And I think that maybe the key to the upcoming season is not going to be Jace Carter or Eli Lawrence, the two transfers. If they become the new seventh and eighth man, and who replaces, we keep going, who's going to replace Dexter Dennis? Why can't it be Manny? Someone who's been in the program for two years and the injury cost him most of last year. But, you know, two years ago, his end of the year, he looked like he might be the best player returning. Why can't Manny replace Dexter? It doesn't have to. That kind of concept. And Anderson Garcia was sneakily 
like a leader every time he was on the court. It's hard to say when we're talking about a sixth man. But he was sneakily kind of the leader every time he was on the court. And he was one of those players. And he had Alex Caruso in him. And please let me explain. The magic of Alex Caruso is every second he was on the court, he did something to help your team win. He would hit a jump shot. He would get a steal, get a rebound out of nowhere. And he would take a charge. What did Anderson Garcia do when he was out on the court? Every minute he was on the court, he did something to help your team win. He would take a charge. Very rarely, but he'd make a shot here and there. He would get a block. He'd get a steal. He'd get a rebound. He'd, in, he'd influence a defensive possession. So Anderson Garcia's stat sheet, sometimes you'd go, whoa. But generally, your eyes never pop, but if you watch the games... He was always a factor. He was always an influencer on the court. So what if Anderson Garcia goes next level, just takes that one offseason better? What is he going to equal? If he's not going to take a starting spot, is he going to be the best sixth man in the league potentially? A&M's in a phenomenal position. And again, when you see it laid out, it's kind of scary. Me, I don't have a clue what to expect from any of the incoming high schoolers. Logan Lee will join me. Fingers crossed we're all alive doing what we're doing come, you know, Aggie hoop season. Logan Lee will be back on. I'll let him explain the high schoolers to you. But why can't it be Manny, Anderson, and then with the transfers, their box of chocolates, even though Buzz has had a pretty good track record with the transfers in general. So, oh, the upside of this team is pretty scary, is it not? That's my maroon and white notebook. I asked this question, so I'm not going to ask it. I'm just going to ponder out loud. Which one of these teams is going to win a national championship first? Aggie football, Aggie basketball, Aggie baseball. I know a year ago at this time, everyone knew it was Aggie baseball. Everybody knew it was. But Aggie basketball is in this weird kind of alignment. Problem is, if they don't take advantage of this window next year, how many players do they lose at the end of next year where the window closes after one year? And they're probably not in position this year to win a national championship but I think they're in position to make a run, maybe the Elite Eight, uh, which then if you're in position for Elite Eight, aren't you in position for the Final Four? And if I can have that conversation, no, I'm not going to take the final step. We'll just stop right there. Jason in Houston texted me. Alex was a senior when I was a freshman in high school at Consult. Everything he does now, he did back then. Great guy to learn from. You know, if we're going to talk Alex Caruso, I already gave you part one of his greatness. Every you know second he was on the court, he did one thing, and it could be anything. He could get a block, he could get a steal, he could get a rebound, he would take a charge, he could hit a shot. He he could do you know five to a player. But the other thing about him, I noticed that you could end a season and go, well, he needs to get better at hitting a three, shooting a free throw, name something. And what do you think he started off the next season being really good at? What do you think he did all offseason? He was the guy that probably shot a thousand threes a day for for five straight months. Anything that you thought, and it wasn't even a public conversation. He just did it. He knew. He knew better than you did. He knew better than I did. And he came back and just started the year and you went, wow. That one thing I was thinking about, he's now great at it. Not, not improved. He's actually really good. He worked. 
he made himself better at everything he needed to get better at without it ever having to be a problem or conversation. And he already was a five-tool player. Think, think about all that was Alex Caruso. That's why he went on to have the NBA, because he's got the ring right, won an NBA championship. That's why he went on to get the fat contract. Yeah, we're talking Alex Caruso. Now, our text message question of the day, hot dog or hamburger, July 4th grill. When you got Roy May weighing in, and Roy May has been known to be a, a pit master himself, right? He ran, he ran a barbecue joint. He knows a thing or two. Roy May has weighed in. And this is a personal thing. There's no right or wrong. But if you're July 4th grilling and you get one and only one, hot dog or hamburger, Roy May says, team hot dog. But gotta be bun length. If you're grilling hot dogs that aren't bun length, then the siege of Yorktown was meaningless. God bless America. He said, hope you have an incredible and safe fourth, bud. God bless America. He put it in there too. Signed, Roy. And Roy May. God bless America. I hope you have an amazing fourth, but I know you will. Whether it's golf and grilling and family and everything you got, have an amazing fourth too. And I will tell you something. The siege of Yorktown was not. Meaningless Roy May was not. 979-693-1150. Text away. Knock yourself out. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. You can light it up now. And oh, we have about 10 different <laughs> 10 different conversations going at once, but that's really nothing new. There's so much. Uh, Jimmy texted hamburger. Because everything except the buns, condiments, and lettuce is produced by my wife. If sides are included, home fries from our potatoes. So Jimmy's got the wife in on it. I got to take a break because I'm getting hungry quickly. I should have thought about this before I made it the text message. I'm going to be tortured for three hours dreaming of hot dogs and hamburgers. I'll share, you know, in general, this isn't about July 4th grilling, which our text message question is. I love a hamburger, but I think a perfect hot dog is better than a perfect hamburger. And that's kind of where a destination finish line comes in for me. A perfect hot dog is better than a perfect hamburger. But you give me like a Harvey Washbanger's hamburger, I will never say no. Matter of fact, I'll be first in line. I love their chorizo burger. I love like their Cajun burger. And, you know, banger burger is the, you'll call it the regular burger. Yeah, you give me like, a banger burger. And the reason I thought of wash, wash bangers, you mentioned there, your, your home fries. Oh my gosh. I don't get the fries there. You can sub in their pork pozole soup. Yes, a soup. And it might be like the best plate I'm going to have of the month. An amazing burger and the pork pozole soup at Harvey Wash Bangers. And I just sit there and I don't want to leave. I do. I mean, the cops usually show up, but I do leave. All right, enough. I need a break from the food. This is the Louis Bellina Show Thursday. Sure, I can read a calendar. This is the Louis Bellina Show live inside the Charles Schwab studio. The Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Two remarkable businesses. One amazing family. That's B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. You know, we just wrapped up 
I think it's easily the greatest College World Series ever. First three games were one-run games. LSU defeats the number one and number two seed. Think about that. In route to its seventh national championship. ESPN, of course, releases data, statistics. They release numbers. And let's see, the 16 postseason games of the College World Series average 1.65 million viewers across all their platforms. The best of three series finale between LSU and Florida brought in a record-setting audience average of 2.86 million viewers across the three games. So it's record-setting. That's greatest of all time. And I think you're smart to know what record-setting is, but it was up 75% from last year. Game one, 2.75. Game two, 2.25. And that's a Sunday. You understand the lower viewership. And then game three, 3.58. Yes, an extra 1.2 mil versus either of the first two games tuned in for a game three between LSU and Florida. It was the most viewed, highest viewed, most watched College World Series on the ESPN platforms. That's it. Ever since they started recording this data. And I think it just reflected, I think you had a great cross-regional of the country. I think you had the brand name teams in there. And then you had the games. You had the games. You had the games. I think college baseball is one of the hardest sells for the average sports fan. The average sports fan sees aluminum and they run. The average sports fan, okay, the average sports fan who is a college fan didn't even watch college baseball when they were in college. Think about it. So even if you're an alum of LSU, LSU's got a baseball tradition. How many teams have a baseball tradition? Can we say 20? Would you go 30 out of 500 baseball teams? Can we say 30? Let's go 30. I'm going to round up. 30 probably have a baseball tradition where they sell out all the games and their attendance is over X. Whereas football, 50, 60 teams out of 131. See the difference? So even the average, and then it's on TV, and College World Series games are at 1 p.m. on a Thursday. You understand the difficulties involved. And aluminum. I'm telling you, the average, an average fan who never went to college or didn't go to college where you know, their, their college baseball team was in front of 1,000 people with wooden bleachers, and they didn't have lights. So it's a hard sell. You pull numbers like that. And by the way, SEC, SEC, SEC. Once again, taking first and second. In the past 14 seasons, eight first place, eight runner-ups over the past 14 championships. Did I already do the SEC chain? I forget. SEC, SEC, SEC. And I've said before, SEC baseball is the toughest of all of them. It's tougher than SEC football. SEC softball is the second toughest of all of them. SEC football might only be the third toughest of all the SEC competitions. I know nothing about gymnastics other than the SEC is supposed to dominate that too. And that might be tougher than SEC football. I know. We live in an SEC football universe. I have no beef with that. Matter of fact, I encourage it and I'm on board with it. But it might be the fourth toughest competition of all. And SEC football dominates college football too. Owns it. Owns the championship. Right? 
and it might be the fourth toughest. If the SEC is competing with the SEC, it might be the fourth toughest of all of them. Food for thought? Well, food for thought is hot dog or hamburger. That's our food for thought. And that's our text message of the day, by the way. I'm giving away a Moody Gardens family four-pack. And our question, hard-hitting journalism is what I'm known for. It's how I built my rep, right? Hot dog or hamburger. July 4th grill, you can only have one. Hot dog or hamburger, where are you at? We've had people weighing in, and I'll blind draw randomly, just name, and your phone number's already, you texted me, I have your phone number. So, name, phone number, and we'll just pick someone to win a Moody Gardens Family Four Park. That is the way to start the July 4th weekend. Let's go to the Diamond. Astros got the dub last night, 10-7 over St. Louis, setting up the rubber game tonight. Jose Altuve hit his fourth homer of the year, goes two for three, three RBIs on the night. Kyle Tucker goes three for five. The Astros offensively have struggled for a while. Jordan Alvarez out. It's not even struggle. Wasteland, desert of the offense is more accurate. By the way, your Jordan Alvarez update. He was, uh, Jordan Alvarez was hitting off a tee and took some soft toss yesterday. Mid, mid-August might be mid-July. There we go. Mid-July might be the earliest we see him, the hopeful date. Mid-July is about the most hopeful we can be. So remember those projections? We don't know. Eight weeks. Eight weeks looks to be the, the number. And this is if everything just stays on course, right? Jordan Alvarez is MVP candidate, so of course it's going to hurt when he's out, but it doesn't just hurt. It has crippled. It is amazing how everyone else collapsed that could have helped out. Kyle Tucker's went quiet. I, we know the problems. Jeremy Pena, I think, is disappointing right now. And no, I didn't think he was World Series MVP. At no point in time in his minor league projections or in his rookie year was he ever supposed to be World Series MVP. That performance was the small window of time. And I know it wasn't World Series, it was the playoffs. But he's not supposed to be this either. And this isn't a bum. Again, you never want to just go too far on either side, but he's not a factor. And he's better than that. We know the offensive woes. Altuve, is he still working through spring training, basically, with all the time he missed and not having a spring training? Or has he been back long enough that he should be beyond spring training? I still think he's doing spring training, and I think part of it's his age. A lot of what the Astros team is, and we've talked it to death, I guess, but age. They've played so many extra games from going to, what, four World Series and six ALCSs? So it's not even just their actual number on the page. Think about the number of extra games these guys have played because of all the postseason success. And then the free agent signing. Brady was 39. Is he 59? 72? I don't know how old he is, but he brought age. Christian Javier. This is weird. The Astros, if they win tonight, take the series from the Cardinals without a quality start from Fromber or Javier. I would have bet good money in Vegas that they would have got swept. If <laughs> seriously, if Fromber and Javier are starting and neither gives you a quality start, I'd have thought they'd get swept. I know they wouldn't have won the series. They got a chance to win the series tonight. Javier went four, gave up six on eight hits. That is not a quality start. And Javier 
is a quality start machine. That might be his number one strength is the 6-3 and three Minya. The W went to Shane Martinez out of the pen. Presley got the dub. All that matters is Astros win, Astros win. Tonight, the rubber game, game three, 545 pregame, right here on the zone, 1150 AM and 93.7 FM. Astros baseball on the zone with select games on gospel, 97.3 FM, are all thanks to Kelly Burt Dozer. Listen to the Astros and the Cardinals game three tonight. You know Astros Rangers over the weekend, right? The battle for the boot, the most heated rivalry in the history of baseball, maybe all of sports. You know, people tell me all the time about Manchester and Manchester United being the most heated rivalry. Oh, no. Astros Rangers battle for the boot. Those two teams hook up. You could throw out the records. I usually take time off of work so I can watch the games. I don't want to be on air with my nerves being frayed and being so tender when the Astros and Rangers hook up. People are like Yankees, Red Sox, and I'm like, you got to be Northerners. Rangers, Astros, that's baseball, Ray. Baseball. (coughs) Moving on. Last night, the Rangers won their second straight. You know, they lost game one of a four-game series to the Tigers. That was Monday. Since then... Rangers bounce back, win Tuesday, win yesterday on a Wednesday. Josh Young hit his 16th. Adelis Garcia hit his 20th. Garcia was supposed to be the guy on the way out when they signed uh, Simeon. They signed Seager. And Garcia had hit, you know, his breakout year was above his norm. Therefore, the return to norm. And this year, he's just eaten. And that's the magic of having, like, a Corey Seager in front of him is – the pitcher can't pitch past both of them. And they're trying to pitch around Seager, and they can't. So whether they do or do not, they have to throw to Garcia. And Young's behind him. If I'm Garcia, I'm buying a lot of lunches or dinners for both Seager and, Gar- and uh, Young to sandwich him. He's benefiting from his spot in the lineup as much as anything else. And he's having leading the league in RBIs, or is he second right now in his 20 home runs? He's brilliant, though. He's a, and Josh Young, Rookie of the Year candidate, easy. Corey Sager paying off the fat contract. Story of the game was not the offense. Dane Dunning, he has been your Jacob DeGom replacement. <coughs> yeah, I said it was straight face. Eight and two-thirds, two earned on four hits. Almost had the complete game. All in all, I'm not going to say Dane Dunning's winning a Cy Young at any point in his career. But he has been a fantastic replacement, replacement, replacement for Jacob DeGrom. We're talking about in-house, didn't have to trade, didn't sign, just in-house. Now, Astro uh, Rangers-Tigers, Ranger-Tigers, game four. Hate those four-game series because you lose it and you split and it's like, yeah, whatever. You got to take three out of four to win a series. That's pretty rough. Today should be a mutt-fest game. Final score will be 20-12. to 12. I don't know who's going to win. The Tigers are going to start a rookie in Reese Olsen who's carrying a 4.74. The Rangers are TBT. They don't even know who they're starting today. This is a classic. Again, game four of a four-game series. Both teams are sick and tired of seeing each other. One team's throwing the rook. The other team is calling up somebody or a bullpen game. In fourth game of a four-game series. All right, I'll down. 
final score. You pick the winner. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, the oddest series of them all. Another four-gamer, Astros and Rangers. They could play each other 20 straight games. It wouldn't be enough. Greatest rivalry in the history of sports. Some people said the greatest rivalry was Columbia Yale in football. Does not hold a torch to the Astros. Oh, and the Rangers. Sorry. There we go. I had to remember who they were. Last night, Domingo Germain. Hey, how many people knew who Domingo Germain was before last night? Dead serious question. How many people knew he was before last night? He's a Yankees pitcher. Do you know, before last night, he made a start on June 22nd, gave up 10 runs to the Mariners. Yeah, it wasn't very good, in other words. Last night, he threw a perfect game. He's the only pitcher to have given up like 10 or more runs in the start before a perfect game. That kind of makes perfect sense, doesn't it? The Yankees win 11-0. Domain throws a perfect game. We have a debate here in the halls of Brian Broadcasting. A debate that, you know, maybe you can help me with. If you throw a perfect game against the Oakland A's, does it count? Because the Oakland A's really aren't a professional baseball team. You look at their roster, you look at their salary total, you look at their record. They're on pace to have the worst record in the history of Major League Baseball, right? So if you throw a perfect game against the A's, does it count? Should it count? Is it a perfect game? That's like going and beating up on a bunch of high school kids. Come on, man. Think about it. Jermaine, uh, Jermaine. He throws the first perfect game in MLB since Felix Hernandez in 2012. That's 3,969 days between perfect games. That's the longest gap, and listen to this, between perfect games, longest gap, 3,900 plus, since 1968 to 1981. That was a gap of 4,755 days. And 68 Catfish Hunter threw a perfect game in 81 Len Barker. That's a gap. 12 to 23, yeah, that's a while. That's 11 years. But 68 to 81. I already told you that Jermaine gave up 10 runs to the Mariners in his start prior. He's the first player in MLB history to throw a perfect game after allowing double-digit runs in his previous start. Just giving you the, I love the trivia around these moments. This is how you go win, like a free, you know, playing trivia night at the bar, the brew pub, the restaurant. This is how you impress people, your coworkers. I'm here to help you. He becomes the fourth Yankee all time to throw a perfect game. David Cohn, 99. I remember that. David Wells, 98. I remember that. I remember David Wells. I think he was on the David Letterman show. I think he said he was high at the time or he popped too many pills, but he was altered, if I remember his story about his perfect game well. And then Dan, uh, Don Lawson in 56 was the other Yankee to do it. And finally, this is, when I give you international trivia, today is probably the most magical day you'll ever have. But Domingo Germain, Dominican Republic, is the third player born outside the United States to pitch a perfect game. Third. Do you know what the other two is? One I already gave you. It was Felix Hernandez, who was the last guy to throw a perfect game. He's from Venezuela. And, oh, I didn't get this one. Whenever I hit you up with these, I, I tested it out on myself first, okay? Dennis Martinez. And I remember him. And he was from uh, Nicaragua. So those are the three 
uh, international players. Players born outside the U.S. that have thrown a perfect game in MLB history. All right, they're making me step aside. we got to pay some bills. I'll be back. We'll wrap up hour number one of the Louis Bellina Show from inside the Charles Schwab studio. You know I'm a local person, local first kind of guy. And when I say Charles Schwab, you're like New York, L.A. Some people might go Chicago. Good guesses, all of them. Nah, Charles Schwab is College Station. Mark Sim is right here. In College Station, you shake his hand, you look him in the eye, you sit in his office. I hate phone trees. I hate call centers half across the world. I like to look someone in the eye. I like to talk to them and get a feel for them. So let Mark Sim at Charles Schwab help you. Go now, schwab.com slash College Station. We are basically done here in our first hour of the Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Still to come in about seven minutes 1205 to be exact we're gonna hang out check in with bryce jones we're gonna go in the pit and that is thanks to dixie tire company each week we visit with bryce jones he's the barbecue pit master of the smoke and aces competition team and we go in the pit always look forward to it we're gonna talk a little recruiting today and more more kind of probably means astros but we'll go in the pit thanks to dixie Tire Company, Dixie Tire Company, serving Bryan College Station for over 35 years. Anything, everything, if it's tire, then it's Dixie Tire Company. At 105, joining me inside the Charles Schwab studio, Olin Buchanan of Texags, and our text message of the day, hot dog or hamburger, July 4th grill, hot dog or hamburger, you can only have one, you choose which one. You might end up winning a family four-pack to Moody Gardens. It's to everything they have, basically. You can text 979-693-1150. Light up the Texas Mobile and Lube Express inbox. I'll blind draw at 2 o'clock. Hot dog or hamburger. It's lunchtime now on the Louis Bellina Show. Lunchtime is thanks to Rudy's Barbecue, the home of the green chili stew. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 